And now, friends, it's time for us to pay a few bills. SongTrust is the world's largest technology solution for global music royalty collection and publishing administration, enabling 205,000-plus songwriters and more than 26,000 publishers to collect their publishing royalties worldwide for over 2 million copyrights. Be sure and visit songtrust.com forward slash pubcast to take advantage of a 20% off discount for a one-time registration just for listening to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. And now, friends, let's get on with the show. My friends, welcome back to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. In this episode, we sit with Seth Mosley. First and foremost, a songwriter and producer, a Grammy and Dove winning one at that, but also owner of Full Circle Music, which is a publishing company, production company, and also an academy. So he's also an educator. He's also a host of Made It In Music podcast. The man has many titles. We're going to delve into those titles as well as talk about Christian music, the CCLI, and how to bridge the gap into other musical genres as well. Let's just start off on basics, Seth. Who are you and what do you do exactly? I know well, that's broad. You can nip that down in, in yeah, chunks. Well, for, well, first things, I, I'm, I'm a dad, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a believer, and I, uh, I'm i a songwriter before any of that. Um, <laughs> but then that has, my career as a songwriter and music producer has birthed a lot of opportunity for me to start a company called Full Circle Music, which is part publishing, it's a production company, and it's a publishing company as well. So kind of where wear uh, all of those hats, but then we have an academy arm as well. So the academy is all about providing resources for aspiring music makers who want to break into the business. And it's that simple. Researching you was a, was a, a task because there's so <laughs> much that you do and it's exciting to uh, to see that and see people giving back so much. I think I saw it quite often and you I think you yourself mentioned it, that you, you start with how can we serve something, you yeah. know, and I thought that was a brilliant way to put in, in what we do in music. Not just... I too believer and all that, but beyond that, just in in the business we're in, it's a service industry, right? We're serving the writers, we're serving the artists, we're serving the the listener, as speci- specifically a lot as well. And that's a that was a great phrase. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, it's we always use this phrase of like serve your way to success. I think I think people start with the end in mind and often are thinking about well, what can a relationship get me or what can an opportunity get me or how can I network my way in, but. We always try to teach people that it's it's really just treat a relationship like a relationship. Don't treat it like an opportunity. What I wanted to start with is obviously you you had your beginnings in the uh, Christian world and continue to work in the yeah, Christian absolutely. world as as well. And and so let's start there. Like um, one of the things I haven't done here yet, and why when we, you and I were talking the other day, and I wanted to sit with you was yeah. I haven't had anybody in the Christian world on this podcast for the AIMP, and I think it's vital because it's. It's interesting how Nashville is. As much as we've been known for country music, without a doubt, as long as I've been here, we've had an extremely huge infrastructure for the Christian market as well. Yeah. But yet, we don't always interconnect as much. Sure. Till recently, I would say, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, let's walk through that. Like, as a Christian guy, what? Where did your path start to to broaden into more of the? Well, I guess I'd call it the country market, but it's just the the other market, I guess. Yeah, well, I think it's just the convergence of all genres sort of mushing together. And, you know, I mean, what is country nowadays? It's it's kind of a, almost a catch-all <laughs> genre for pop and Americana and 
rock really i think a lot of rock people like musicians and guitar players and even you know i think devin dawson was in like a hardcore band or something yes. before yes he was so there's all this convergence of people that have landed in country and really i what i think this is my observation is that i think country is just a label for people that care about good songwriting regardless of what the sound is and so with christian music that's very important. The songwriting is very important. It's all about what the lyric says. And so there's very, there's a lot of parallels between the two. So um, I would say that, you know, I grew up in, in church. I wasn't even allowed to listen to like secular music. It was a super strict Nazarene upbringing. But there was this sort of like Southern gospel world that was always around, you know, Ricky Skaggs was, was in that world. And Gaither vocal band, things like that, that was sort of a pseudo Christian country. So that was kind of always around, but I did, I did the artist thing for a while, signed a record deal with, with Warner, ended up figuring out after about three or four years of constant touring that that was not the life that I wanted for myself. Met my wife through it, which was the one redeeming factor. (laughs) And, and I now have a great empathy for what I do now with other artists, but, um, I got an opportunity to produce a band called Newsboys, um, the, the, the short story is that in 1995, they put out a record called Take Me to Your Leader. That was my first CD when I was a little kid. And then in 2009, my first label record that I produced and co-wrote nine or ten songs on was Newsboys Born Again. So it was this whole kind of full circle moment, hence the name for our company. And oh, so That's where the name came from. That is where the name came Fantastic. from. Fantastic. I love when there's a tie-in. Yeah. I, most names are not random, so to speak, but that that's great. That's yeah, fantastic. I think there's a lot in the name. So, you know, a lot of people have asked me, is that from, like, is it because it's Circleville, Ohio? That's where I'm from. I was like, actually, I didn't even think about that. But <laughs> it circles on everything. It circles on everything. Yeah. Well, let's start because they are kind of different, and you have the, the great aspect of seeing both. But uh, let's speak specifically onto the Christian side. You said, you, obviously, you got into it being a, a, a musician, yeah. but... I am not as familiar, like how to break in, what to do, what are some avenues, some young up and coming talent in that world. How is it best to get exposed and in, in, into that marketplace and, and yeah. get a deal and that kind of stuff? And how similar or different is that from what you're seeing on the the other side? I mean, it's there's some similarities. The big differences is just where it all kind of starts. The Christian market really centers around the church, whereas the country market maybe centers around your honky tonks or whatever, you know, it's, it's almost the venue where everybody kind of comes together and there's music, there's singing, dancing, depending on <laughs> where you're at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but if you want to break into the Christian industry, I think, I think that's, that's where it starts. It's, you've got to be rooted in some kind of a local church and whether you start leading worship at one of the churches, I mean, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, that can turn into writing songs. A lot of churches nowadays are putting out their own records, um, but as far as coming down to Nashville and like getting a deal, um, it really is just like it's the same exact things that the country labels look for. Do you have an audience? Do you have streaming numbers? Do you have social media numbers? And are you touring? That's so, what I was curious if they still use the same metrics. And it sounds like yes, everybody exactly uses the, same. The, the exact same. Yeah. Is it kind of still the same philosophy? I mean, if you're a touring act, that's one thing because we always look for those kind of acts out in the marketplace that are, are building those audiences. But if you just say you wanted to be a pure writer or maybe a producer, is it still you need to be present to win philosophy on that side as well? Like as far as really, living in Nashville, yeah, like being with at least within a realm or visiting. I would say. Nowadays, to be purely a songwriter with nothing else, I think I think you I, I think you have to live in Nashville. I don't think there's another way, and I think you have to have another job. 
Like I, do, I don't think there's a way to do it until you start getting some major hits and traction. It's just, there's just not, the finances aren't there. On your end, I'm very aware that uh, one of the big things, obviously you guys still do radio, terrestrial yep. radio for Christian stations is huge. And you mentioned streaming, but I'm also super familiar with the CCLI, which uh, if you can have a hit, if you'd like to explain that a little more for our, because again, a lot of our yeah. audience is new to this stuff. So. Yeah, CCLI basically is much like CSAC or BMI. It's kind of the aggregator of performances from songs that you've written in churches worldwide. So every time one of those gets played in a church or led in a church, you it gets attributed to the writer, and then the writer gets paid whatever share of the CCLI collections is. And yes, if you get a top 10 CCLI hit, that can be a very substantial... Um, you can actually make probably more over the lifetime than a lot of country hits if you get a big CCLI song. I have learned from my uh, times of doing this and having a couple of Christian hits as, uh, with through my companies that, yes, the long tail is yeah. amazing because yeah. I also play, and I've, I, I never thought I would be a, a, the drummer in a Christian band, but my church has a praise band. So I, yeah. I start seeing the number of writers that, that you're, and some of them I'm friends with, and I've actually performed a song one of my writers has written at church, which is really That's neat. Awesome. But you start going, you start adding up. This is played in how many churches across, and there's there the congregations or what size? Wow, it's a, it's massive, and I don't think people really grasp how how big that can be on a success financial level. Yeah, it, but it's a hard thing to chase because really, when you boil it down, and like if you want to really get into the nuts and bolts of the business of it, there are about twelve writers that comprise the top, let's call it fifty songs on CCLI. Uh, yes. I think that's a problem. I personally think that's a problem. Um, I am friends with a lot of those writers. I think it's a great thing, but I, I at the same time think it's a way bigger world and there's a lot more ways of expression. So again, that's not that different than country either. No. There, there's a handful of writers who are making probably the top 90% of the income oh, buddy. Yeah. in, in the yeah. country space. So it's it's the same everywhere you look, but just casting an accurate reality that, 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 that it's the same way. So more specifically too, if I'm a new writer, I'm coming to town and, and I'm looking for a deal and I pr get approached by a public, what is the range that a new writer typically gets paid in that genre? Just a, again, a On pure a draw, writer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're brand new, you're going to sign a 100% publishing deal. Um, it's not going to be a co-pub deal, and it the your monthly advance may be anywhere from eight hundred dollars a month to twelve hundred dollars a month. You know, you may may be seeing twelve grand a year off your writer advances, and obviously, if you get some cuts and that does well, that can go up stair step. But you're not going to be starting with a big big advance. Is there anything else that you would note that would be intrinsically different in the in the deal or or an approach to going into the Christian market that might be a little different than the the country or outside market? Production wise, which I'm not sure how much you want to get into that because this is kind of a publishing conversation, but there are some differences on the production side. If that would be interesting yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the big difference is in the country world, you get handed kind of a producer advance, but then everything else kind of runs through label budget. So you may get like we've found on, on some country records that we, we've act, we actually kind of can make more in the Christian world doing production um, because the producer fees, even at the top end are, are smaller, which that's been interesting to me. Like why really, I, I don't know if, if country just hasn't necessarily adjusted or Christian hasn't adjusted or they just do things completely different, but yeah, it, it, the, you can, you can do 
okay at the top end of the, the, the so Christian world if you're a producer. To break that down differently so you don't have to give up specific numbers necessarily, Not like there's some secret sauce in some no, of this, but the... So the album budgets, are album budgets bigger? Or are they about the same and just the producer gets paid a little more? I think the producer gets paid... You basically get like kind of a full all-in budget. Okay. In the Christian, where in, as in country, you might get, let's say, at the top end, 3500 or 4000 a song as a producer fee. And that's, right. that's a high, high yeah. producer fee in the country market. That's an established producer or up, yeah. Very established. But then... Players get paid at usually at, at union scale. Right. They pay the engineers separately. They pay the editors separately. They pay all the other stuff separately. So the budget might be slightly bigger in the country. It's just it's, it's the producer gets a little bit less of it, I think, which is fine. It's just you know it's all it's all just open up a can of worms. I have a feeling some of my producer writers are going to start calling me about this. <laughs> like, how can I get into that market? Why are we not getting paid fairly? <laughs> hey, well. You know what? And it's not everybody either. I mean, we've been doing it for 10 years in the Christian market. So we're at the, we're literally at, at the top of what you can charge in that space just because we have 27 number ones in that world and you, you have, you're able to do that. Now, just speaking on a, uh, not on the financial side, but on a, on a production sonic artist side, but in general speaking, do you find that the musically it's kind of starting to blend? Like, is there something that is intrinsically different on the, the Christian side? Again, I know there's a ton of bands, there's heavy metal, there's, there's popular side and that, but as a producer writer in both sides, what, how do you feel about it musically? Are you using the same samples? Are you finding different things? Is there? They're actually not far off from each other. The, the only difference, this is, this is going to sound really weird, but we always, you know, in, in the Christian business, it's sonically, you, you, and we've been trying to be a part of changing this, but you always get associated with, oh, your music's four years behind or eight years behind or whatever it is. Like, just take top 40 and then rewind it four years, and that's what Christian radio will say. Yeah, we like. get that too, so it's all right. <laughs> I think country, and I say this just totally respectfully, but I think country's even been a year or two behind the Christian side of things. Interesting. Because a lot of what I'm hearing at country now, I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of what we would have done a couple of years ago on, on Christian radio, Th- there are definitely differences and it's not, it's not a better or worse thing. It's just, it's, oh, yeah. it's just trends, sonic trends. Like country has started to really get into the, the 808 hi-hat thing. That was big for a minute with Christian, like big diamond guitars have kind of started to go away in country. Christian kind of got rid of a lot of guitars probably three years ago and it's more synth and ethereal pads. And if there are guitars, they sound more like a pad. Live drums kind of have gone away a little bit on the on the Christian side and on, on country, you know. I think I think it's kind of coming back around again, but it's it's the the one big similarity between the two though sonically is I do think it's that there's got to be some feeling of even if it's programmed, it has to feel like a real instrument. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective being that you're in in both worlds. I think everybody tries to be cutting edge, but it's not always necessarily cutting edge. Well, you're, or, s- you're serving a format. Having started off in the uh, Christian market and starting to broaden, and like I know you did work with High Valley and produce that record, and I know that you're writing with some of my, uh, my writers. What did that? I'm assuming it was kind of a natural progression for you, was it, or was it something you said, you know what, I want to get into that, or did it just sort of happen for you? Well, the High Valley thing was really organic. I think we met the the, the real story is we met in a hot tub 
in Washington. <laughs> wow, that's a whole interesting story right there. Okay. <laughs> that's the real story. Um, we were on a riding retreat. We, we didn't even ride on that trip, but we just ended up hanging out. And then I think their manager at the time said, hey, you should try having Seth produce something. They were looking for just something different. You know, they had, had been having some success in the Canadian market, but kind of wanted to shake things up a little bit. So we produced a, a single for them that did well. That ended up turning into a riding relationship. That ended up turning into a whole production relationship. And yeah, long story short, I mean, this is four or five years later or six years later, obviously they're signed here to Warner now. And that kind of sort of opened our eyes to this whole other world of, you know, it's not that we didn't know it was there. It was just, you don't try to pound on a pound on a door that doesn't, you know, that's not going to open. So I've found like there's a there's a handful now and it's all been a very natural, like you said, organic, I guess I'd use the word organic kind of approach. Um, my good friend Janine started working at Curb Word and then uh, uh, Justin Ebox over there and she just fell in love with what he was doing, started introducing him into this market and back. I mean, the guy's crushing it now. Yeah, and then yeah. My my friend Rusty at this music worked uh, signed Chris Stevens who then started doing more who came out of that world as well. There's there's a number of people that we're finding talent and like well why wouldn't we expand that? And I know um, it, that that probably how that started working with you. It's like something happens and then you start working because again at the end of the day songs are songs. Yeah. The, the key is I think you, you you're touched on it on the production side is knowing the market you're serving, you know, the language is going to be a little different lyrically. Um, and then there are some, uh, some one, four, five things, uh, that right. you might need to kind of learn on, on, on chord progressions on sure. what we do and all that. But have you found it, I guess difficult is probably the wrong word. What are some things you've picked up along the way that have been helpful for you? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's definitely been a season of learning, you know, like, like many country writers, I, in, in town. I, I didn't grow up uh, in Georgia. I don't necessarily have the, the vernacular of being a farmer. You know, I mean, we had cornfields across from our house and we had all that. So part of it is that just wanting to surround myself with writers who are immersed and have immersed themselves in that culture, in, in the country lyric. I think just the way country lyric writing is approached is inherently a little bit different. So that's been, I feel like I've learned a ton and I'm still learning every day just how to turn phrases better and how to you know simplify things and interesting rhyme schemes that you might not do in the in the christian world um there's a lot more words too that's that's the other thing i've found like especially with like if you're writing worship stuff it's very repetitive you may say one phrase over and over again hold notes out really long country is all about this rapid fire like how many words can you fit into a chorus you know <laughs> we get paid by the word you get man. paid for the word that's, exactly that's, that's how it goes yeah that we've we have our moments of going back and forth on that we're not letting things breathe as much currently they like to but it's all about the story and yeah. and the moment and in our market for sure and i've realized that as well from my time of sitting behind the kid at church and playing and saying okay but it's it's so it's meditative, meditative. I've yeah. learned and worshipful. It's a little different approach for sure. Well, it's a different emotion. Yeah, Pe- people aren't necessarily listening to worship music for the story. They're it's a it's a mood. It's an atmosphere. So I have a uh, a real life uh, an example and, and something I thought I'd bring up. I have a from my church. There's a young lady that she writes and she's really good. She's a singer. It's very talented. But she came to me with a question and I. I Answered it the best I could for me, but I'd be curious your take without giving my opinion yet. But she's she writes country. She came and she had a project she put together, but um, she's learned and started writing. Some of her stuff started leaning more onto the Christian side. And she came to me and she goes, I don't know what to do. People told me I need to pick a lane. 
And I've learned I've caught that more. And sometimes in my world, it's like pop or country. What should I do? What should I do? So I was curious what your take would be for somebody that came up to you and go, I'm kind of doing both. Help me out. What 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 would be your advice here? Man, I I kind of this is this is my analogy because it, it is a great question and one that every new writer should be asking because I do think it's really important. But in the beginning, I think it's kind of impossible to know. Like you kind of have to look at it like a two ended funnel. I think like you start really wide, and then you maybe start to narrow it down once you maybe you get one cut and that's that's the thing of like okay well this person liked that maybe I do more of that or maybe you get a song that starts getting played in churches or whatever. And then, okay, well maybe I hone in on that. So I think it's just more following momentum and then really like laser focusing in on that. Once you figure out what that thing is. And then once you've kind of mastered that, which, you know, that can take years, you can kind of start branching out from there. At some point you do have to sort of narrow it to, to get good at a skill set. And whether it be in the Christian market or it be in the pop or the country or whatever, Again, you can play in each field, but to be successful, I do think at some point you kind of have to lay a stake and go, yeah. okay, here's where I'm going yeah. and work that into the successes and the momentum. And then you can broaden out again yeah. if you need to, right? Well, from we, there, it's a numbers game. It's just, you know, as I just had coffee with Rusty Gasson a couple of weeks ago, you brought his name up and he's like, well, it's not a numbers game, but it's a numbers game. And I think you only achieve a some level of mastery in an area by just drilling it over and over and over and over again. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Seth. This has been awesome. I can't wait to get this out there to everybody to hear. Yeah. So just as a thank you uh, for having me on the show, I, I love the show, by the way. I, I am a listener. I, I've subscribed to it. Highly recommend everybody who's listening. If they haven't already subscribed, leave a rating and review. And then the last thing I would say, just as a thank you to you for having me and to your audience is we always say to never show up empty handed to always bring a gift. So our gift is a free songwriting course. For anybody that's interested, they can get that at fullcirclemusic.com slash songwriting. And that basically just breaks down some of my most basic thoughts on how to craft hit commercial songs, regardless of what genre you're in. So that's fullcirclemusic.com slash songwriting if your audience wants to get that for free. Hey, thanks for listening to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. We hope you subscribe in your favorite podcast platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to stay up to date and informed in the world of music publishing and songwriting. The AIMP Nashville Pubcast is created by executive producers Del Bobo and yours truly, Tim Hunsey, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks again for listening and supporting the AIMP Nashville Pubcast.